I am Robot, and so is everyone else. In this episode, we discuss the Bruce Willis film, Surrogates. And welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Holy shit! All three of us I back know. together again in the yeah. same room, reunited, and it feels. Eh. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. I yeah, mean, yeah. This is I mean, becoming it's... an all too rare occurrence, guys. Yeah. Is it me? Have yeah. I done something? I mean, in a word, yes, but in a longer word, no. Okay. Uh, actually, I guess that's a shorter word. Uh, no, you know, we're busy people, unfortunately. Elliot travels a lot. Mm-hmm. I travel a lot. I'm just working spend... on that, that travel blog. Yeah. <laughs> My travel blog, what this what places would have looked like when dinosaurs were there. I take photos of foreign places, and then I draw in dinosaurs in marker over the photos and show what it would look like if there were dinosaurs there. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. Why, why marker? Why is marker your medium? I, that's just what I happen to have on hand. Okay, you know? sure. You, don't, you, you, you should use charcoal. Charcoal? It makes it look more old-timey, like when dr- dinosaurs were around. But you mean like the 19th century, you're saying, when dinosaurs were around? Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> I mean, are these like gloss finish photographs? I think it would be hard to... Yeah, the charcoal, charcoal wouldn't really that. stick to it. I mean, the marker smears. That's the other problem. So it looks like if a dinosaur was like walking past like a greasy window. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or an action scene shot by Ridley Scott. Yes. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Take that, R- Sir Ridley. So, uh, Director of the upcoming Monopoly, the, mo- the movie. <laughs> so we watched a movie tonight. We did at that. It was called... We, another notch in our belts. Surrogates. Or surrogates. <laughs> How I learned to stop worrying and love the surrogates. Um, this, is the, uh, this is the second movie that we watched at the Flophouse that involves uh, a world where people uh, have avatars that they mm-hmm. spend much of their time... Or in this case, all of their time. What was, all of their uh, time. What, what was the first one? Gamer. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you you weren't can there you, for that one. Oh, yeah, that's can, right. That's right. Can you? Uh, can we? Can you summarize? Well, that except well, we in, recorded an entire podcast about it. Well, the difference. Oh, okay, and how would I up, download that? <laughs> uh, you would go to uh, flophousepodcast.com, www.flophousepodcast.com. Well, but you, I'm an if, iTunes user. Well, if you just um, put in, well, there's an RSS feed that you can find on the aforementioned flophousepodcast.com okay. site. Uh, you also, if you type in the Flophouse on Google, this podcast's page is the mm-hmm. first thing that comes up. Or you can type the Flophouse into iTunes itself and you can click subscribe. Where would I type it into? Well, in the into search iTunes. box. Oh, search box. In the that search makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah, I feel like an idiot saying <laughs> so I'm typing it into a Word document. I can't find it. <laughs> let's not spend any more time explaining either gamer or podcast well, to I'll people just, who have already downloaded this I'll podcast. I'll just say, to remind people, the, re- the difference in gamer what? In surrogates, people have robots that they control remotely and that the robots take they their place. They remote control. Yeah, what? but I mean, they remote control is not a verb. It's a noun. Control remotely is... Anywho, the, uh, in this one, you have a robot and the robot takes your place in normal life. In gamer... That sounds you, like a horrible thing. Like a, like a robot, a doppelganger comes in and steals my life. <laughs> in Gamer, it was normal people who, as a job, 
get allowed their bodies to be controlled remotely by other people like for violent or perverse purposes. Yeah, or if you're in the case of Gerard Butler, you're I guess in prison, mm-hmm. and as part of your punishment, you get thrown into the game. And why was he in prison? Okay, I actually don't. Gamer, I actually don't remember. Over gamer. So, but surrogates, on the other hand, it posits a world where. Dr. Jam- Professor James Cromwell has invented mm-hmm. a way to control robots with your brain. Okay. And according to the this movie, swept the nation. According to the yeah. movie, the world, ninety-five percent of humanity uses robots now in their entire daily lives yeah. and stay at home and lie in bed all Where day. Where the money comes from to manufacture these robots, or to uh, buy the robots? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, the, there must be huge amounts of. Uh, of production costs in in building these high tech robots, so the fact that ninety five percent of humanity can somehow afford these robots yes. seems kind of now. Absurd. Dan, can I just point out that twenty years ago, if you said that everybody was going to be walking around with a little personal telephone <laughs> that they could talk to each other with, well, twenty years they ago said madness. Twenty years ago was nineteen ninety, and cell phones existed. Yeah, but only like Zach Morris had them, <laughs> and he could stop time. Yeah, he was yeah, a wizard. But yeah. I mean, sheer um, chronomancer, I believe, is the thing. You know, sheer like <laughs> tangible, like physical, like size of the objects uh, on the on that side. You know, like I mean, the, this seems to be like equated more to like a high end car, though. Yeah, they they and although, but there we see there are different levels of robots. Some are mm-hmm. crappier than others. Not really. Just the there's the one. Well, the ro- the army ones look a little bit less luxurious, yeah. yeah. And there's that one lady that looked like she was just wearing rubber gloves, and those were her robot hands. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's Lame. Uh, the movie implies that, uh, or it's outright states that 95 percent of humanity would rather lie in a room all day instead of going outside, and also that doing so would end racism and most crime. Yeah, I'm not really sure uh, how it ends crime. I mean, later on we see that um, you know, like there's some sort of domestic abuse going on, and uh, this, this someone at Robot Central is surveilling this and remotely shuts off the robot. But we are told that that is uh, new technology that they that they can do yeah. that. So I'm not sure why like having a bunch of robots running around keeps uh, crime, violent crime down, because it seems like they would just be beating on each other as soon as they realize that there's no like moral reason why they shouldn't like uh, that that baseball video game where it's robots right or you know like uh your your grand theft auto whatever like it seems like that would be what would happen like mere anarchy would be loosed upon the world also it's they're all it's like i have a surrogate robot that stands in for me and and you know so i can put like i can control my life but i still have to like ride the subway or ride a car you know i still have to ride a car yeah you know Drive oh, a right car. T- oh, drive okay. <laughs> No, but that's the thing. Is like you put a saddle on it. But we've seen. But we see throughout the movie that the surrogates are super strong. They can jump really far. Like, why would you bother? Why would they still go through the motions of commuting when you could like just have your surrogate run to work, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that? That seems more exciting. I don't know. Like they don't really cover. Maybe they're able to put their brains on like an autopilot or something. Or maybe. And you don't see the surrogates like reading books or anything. No. That's true. They do watch a lot of TV. I, I assume. We don't see that either. Yeah. But, but uh, we anyway, we're told in the very beginning that this is now the new standard, but there are preserves where humans who refuse to use robots live, and they somehow are, like, 
Like an autonomous... Yeah, yeah, autonomous, like, extra-legal territorial zones. There's The main one we see in the movie is right in the middle of Boston, and th- as soon as you pass through their gates, it's like, you know, Mad Max, where everyone has a shotgun, and they... Well, this, this reservation is built on top of a dump. Like, it, it is just piles of, of rubble and uh, refuse and waste and, and a nice garden yeah and well, uh that's what you get once you get further in i guess that they're that, that outside stuff is to scare away the surrogates and then yeah, yeah. Inside, like, i don't like going there that's a yeah the apocalyptic mid- hellscape the, the middle of like <laughs> colonial williamsburg or something yeah yeah, yeah it kids playing stickball <laughs> Uh, they had hoops. They're running out. Smelling <laughs> just flowers. Hitting hoops with sticks to get them to move. Uh, that, that's just a slippery slope to robots, though. <laughs> yeah, his hoops. Yeah, uh, and those those guys are led by a character called the Prophet, who is Ving Rhames with lots of dreadlocks. It's a really inventive, inventive name, creative, creative character. They the made. Prophet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the guys who don't believe in robots are called are called, are called dreads. Even though none of them have dreadlocks except for Ving Rhames. Yeah, his, his dreadlock wig. Because Ving Rhames, I don't know if, if our listeners are aware, mm-hmm. the actor does not have he's super a, long dreadlocks. He's a clean cut sort of fellow. Yeah. Yeah, family man. <laughs> Only occasionally do his dogs go crazy and kill landscapers. Yeah. Well, it happened once. But uh, into this into this incredibly well-conceived world walks uh-huh. a cop, Bruce Willis... Sure. Who he's used, got a chip on his shoulder. He's got a well. He's got a microchip on his shoulder because <laughs> he also uses a surrogate. <laughs> sure. uh, he doesn't like his. Did you say microchip because it's uh, related to a problem with his son. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> but sure. Because uh, that's what the kids are, are called. Yeah. I think we made a, a lot of headway on this one. <laughs> Microchips off the old block. <laughs> sure. That's. I mean, that sounds like a like a Disney movie about a robot boy <laughs> yeah, from like 1978. Yeah, the kid's name Chip. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell plays the dad and the robot, and uh, Don Knotts plays the crazy inventor. And Dean Jones is the suspicious neighbor. Mm-hmm. That kid's a robot. Oh, also he turns into a dog sometimes. <laughs> yep. uh, He's like a transmorpher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's called the computer wore women's clothing when no one was around. <laughs> <laughs> the story of a cross-dressing teen super genius. Uh, Disney's the uh, uh, I don't know they made me the star of the movie is Bruce Willis. They made remind me of a another Bruce Willis movie. Disney's the kid, which I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Where he he visits he himself specify. as a kid, or himself as a kid oh, comes Disney's to visit him. Kid. But let's the thing is like Not just a kid. Well, the thing is also like I guess they called it that because they wanted to differentiate from Charlie Chaplin's The Kid. <laughs> like, listen, a movie with this title came out eighty years ago. We better call it make put some possessiveness on this. Well, yeah, because you'd go into the go to the local picture house and say, <laughs> uh, "Excuse me, one for the kids, sir," and you'll be disappointed when they. I send wanted you to Disney's the, the kid. <laughs> yeah. I, wanted, no, wanted, I never. I wanted to differentiate from people's children, like people's <laughs> own children. It just says the kid on the matinee. Like, how did my son get in a movie? Oh, I Disney's the there. kid. That would have actually been like a, a better, uh, better business plan for Disney because people would be rushing in. You know, like paying yeah, to, to people rescue are, their children. Because people are idiots, sure. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And when they see uh, the kid written on a marquee, they'd assume it was speaking to them directly. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bruce Willis uses a surrogate. His surrogate That's looks how like... I felt when I saw uh, Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> it's like, I will you not, said, sir. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> no, Marquis, stop telling me these things. I, will, I refuse. 
Mm. Yeah, and uh, I did. I did listen when it told me to not tell mom that the babysitter had died. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but that was because in your case, the babysitter had not died. Yeah, it would have been a lie. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and when it knew what I had done last summer, yeah, I went and saw a scream. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, Larfs. Okay, so the what timeline what, on that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, joke fact checker. I was wait. Now I will laugh. Now that I know that you could have seen Screen the year before, I know what you did last summer. Ha 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 So surrogates. Uh, Bruce Willis is his surrogate is just him, but like Tanner and airbrush, and he has a shitty toupee. Pardon yeah, my language. Wig. Uh, but Bruce Willis is. How many wigs do you think they went through for this one? <laughs> what in the planning stages? Yeah, I assume they had design artists working for months. Yeah, they're yeah. like more fake looking. Mark yeah. Crash McCreary was doing sketches <laughs> <laughs> of what the wigs would look like. Uh, he his he has a problem with his wife because his wife refuses to do anything not in her surrogate body, and it stems. From the fa- I think I think you guys know what yeah, he's we, talking we've about. We've all been gents. there. Oh boy! You know. Uh, well, going vacation is the main example we get <laughs> yeah, in this. That is the main example. But uh, it seems to stem from the fact that they had a son who died in some sort of unspecified accident, and their marriage has never got healed. Fucked up a little bit, and her face got a little scarred. Yeah, in whatever accident it was. So she's retreating into robot. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just like ordinary people. It's just like ordinary people, but with robots. <laughs> ordinary robots. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Bruce Willis is investigating the death of the son of the man who invented surrogates. Wasn't that uh, Dr. James Cromwell? It was. Okay. As the same, the same man, as we said, who uh, discovered the warp drive, mm-hmm. uh, taught a pig to herd sheep, mm-hmm. and was married to Queen Elizabeth II. Mm-hmm. Headed up the L.A. Uh, police department for a time in the 40s. Yes, and he was uh, James Coco's valet when he went to uh, Truman Capote's mansion Yeah. in Murder by Death. He's, he uh, he was also in – he also played a Nazi in uh, The Chief Detective. Wasn't he, a, wasn't he uh, the president for a time during uh, Jack Ryan's tenure at the CIA? Wasn't that uh, – Maybe. I don't remember. Anyway. He was also uh, George Bush. Oh, Interesting. And he he married into the Fisher clan, the famous funeral homeowners, before getting dementia somehow. Yep. From using a neti pot, (laughs) if I recall. We hope you've enjoyed this James Cromwell podcast. James Cromwell, this is your life. (laughs) James Cromcast. And now on to to Oliver Cromwell, (laughs) former Lord Protectorate of England during the Republic period. And then we'll talk about Thomas Cromwell. So there's Go a on. murder or something uh, in this movie? There's on? a murder. Somehow, this someone has a has a weapon that can kill people through their surrogates. What the hell you say? Yes. And it, and it looks like a dustbuster, but it shoots out electricity, which goes through the surrogate's optics, or eyes, as we would call them, mm-hmm. and their kills, kills the, <laughs> their, their eye blanks, and kills them, kills the user on the other end. It melts their brain, if I remember. Yeah. Unless uh, my brain's been melted. <laughs> You know what I mean, guys? By, I don't know. <laughs> By, like, a weapon. Some kind of heat, right? It's a literal analog <laughs> to what you just said. Uh, and I don't know how into how much detail we want to get into. We could just skip to the end, Yeah, let's probably. just skip to the solution, because I don't think there's, like, there's just a there's lot a of running l- around. There's, there's a lot of twist em ups There's a lot of running around and twists that don't really fit together, and it turns out at the end that 
James Cromwell, creator of surrogates, now sees it as a plague on humanity. People have become addicted to it. And so he's been controlling the prophet who was actually a robot. Spoiler alert. And now he, he has a plan to hook up the device that kills That's people. That's technically irony, right? <laughs> kind of. Okay. He, has a, he has a plan to hook up the device that kills surrogates to this massive computer network that allows them to see and control every surrogate in the world, I guess. some For some reason, the FBI has control of this. Uh, and kill everyone in the world who uses a surrogate because, as he says, the only way to cure the addiction is to kill the addict, which is technically not true. No. Uh, not at all. And at the last minute... Have you ever been addicted to using a robot? <laughs> no, that's true. That's sure, a good it point. Be different. It might be qualitatively different. I mean, and, they do not kill people at rehab centers, but... That I know of. Robots that, I don't know. Yeah. They kill the maybe part they, of them that's fun. Maybe they replace them with robots. Maybe that's how the rehab it's centers It's like the work. Stepford Wives. Holy shit, that makes a lot of sense. Guys, let's write that screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. You think, they, you think they'd it's replace called, them with robots that were better at getting their life fit? <laughs> The robotning. Thank you for cheapening it, by the way. (laughs) The the climax comes down to Bruce Willis making keystrokes on a computer keyboard at the behest of a handcuffed fat man (laughs) who tells him what to do. It's literally like... Dun, 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 dun. Okay, move to the console on the left. Okay, shift, alt, type in the password, you know, red 253. Yeah, like there's that big moment where he's like, hit enter and nothing happens. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute, shift enter. And you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, that was, a, that was a close one. All the users almost died. Yeah, well, he saves the users from dying, but then there's apparently a second protocol to this, which is just to switch switch off the robots. And dis- and uh, dismantle them. And apparently, uh, James Cromwell didn't think that was that was good enough. Before he could have just switched off all the robots. Well, but he-, he might not have known that you could put up a firewall in the network mm. to shut people out of their Computer robots. Things. It is new technology. Um, yeah, that's true. And uh, so the he puts up a wall of fire, mm. which. Instantly shoots people, boosts people out of their robots. The robots shut down. The people are okay, and then everybody walks outside in a daze, the way people do, like after an atomic bomb blast, or like when someone has been transported to the future and like is walking around, like what? Giant metal birds, or if it's like the first snow that the world has seen Mm -hmm. in like ten thousand years. The dreamer awakes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Thank you for the literary. Uh, but at the, but then like uh, they're all everybody is fine. They seem to uh, accustom to themselves to it. Yeah, very quickly. And they all looked okay. Like they didn't look that fucked up. Like no, I expected I mean, these people who lived all their life sitting in a chair. Well, they could walk. I mean, that was one. Yeah, their muscles <laughs> yeah. had not atrophied. Well, they have to get up to use the cam. So yeah, they do yeah. get up to yeah go to the refrigerator. And use the I, I gotta, I gotta imagine there's gotta be go some to the kind fridge, like get a mini surrogate that goes to the refrigerator for you. I well, I mean, Bruce Willis, like a, like he, Bruce Willis does use his surrogate to pour him a glass of uh, vodka at one point, which, yeah. as Stewart pointed out, is probably Svedka because, as we know from the billboards and ads, that is the vodka of robots. <laughs> of robots, future robots. Um, so start buying Svedka, <laughs> Svedka, you know. And then you can bribe right the robots that are going to take over the world. But yeah, the, everyone's <laughs> becomes... Nobody uses currency then. The whole thing is about like, you can use these beautiful robots to look beautiful all the time, but the people who walk out are just like normal people. Like, it's not like they're 
particularly even They're old. Not like mole mole people or anything. Yeah, well, but what's more, I think more to the point though, as you said, uh, I think Stuart or, or or maybe it was Elliot, but uh, that like if if everyone's beautiful in this world, that completely devalues physical beauty anyway. I, prob- I don't know. I probably didn't. So- people people say that, but uh, I actually don't know if that's totally true. I mean, I feel like. Uh, I feel like what will happen is that if if everyone in the world was beautiful, then like people would uh, sort of just veer towards their particular like physical preferences, maybe like, like in real more life. specific, like Stuart with his his large breasts, say, or Elliot with <laughs> made his it large so- breasts. <laughs> so made it sound like we both have large breasts <laughs> as opposed to find uh, being attracted to women with breasts. Yeah. Well, uh, well, as opposed to no breasts. I didn't want to say anything, guys, <laughs> but um, you know. Get some bras. Yeah. Well, I can't really it's help embarrassing it. embarrassing in here. Uh, they got to go free. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I burned mine. Okay. My bra, that is. And I have a hormone uh, problem. <laughs> so I have a hormone success. I prefer to think of myself as... glass half empty? What glass half Think of myself as homo superior. <laughs> My mutant power is boobs. <laughs> sure. You'd be popular at the X Mansion, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. uh, not if my own education was any. My actual school history was any indication, you know. Beauty, go home. That's what I have to say to you, sir. <laughs> so it's to the Morlocks with you. <laughs> yep, living with Callisto underground till sure. Storm becomes queen. From that knife fight. Yeah. Oh man. X Men, huh? Anyway, anywho, uh, but the movie posits a world where. For some reason, humans and humans who speak through robots cannot coexist. No. Yeah. And why would they? Well, uh, because why not? As you kept pointing out, like um, they kept like uh, the surrogates kept calling humans uh, meat bags <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, but it's humans speaking through the surrogates. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not like the. I mean, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that the. The user is not like saying, "Hey, look at that human," and then the robot immediately translates <laughs> as me into a slur. <laughs> yeah. But it's the movie didn't seem to understand at times itself whether characters were robots or yeah. whether they were people playing things, and like you could see the actors, some would be super stiff and roboty, and others were just acting like normal. Yeah, people. yeah. And you would think like, that clarify with all the extras and everybody in the movie, like. Guys, you're not actually robots. <laughs> like you don't have to walk like Frankenstein, you know. You Frankenstein's monster. The, you would think that the director Jonathan Mostow would have uh, would have told people like, okay, you know, yeah, it's a movie about robots, but you're you are people, so don't act all robot-y. Like, to, like don't talk on, like this, you know. I mean, like Jonathan Mostow has made okay movies. What in else the past. did he make? Well, he made Breakdown, which is which it's is an a all fun right movie, B thriller. Uh, he made Terminator 3, which is not great, but it's certainly better than Terminator Salvation. There's robots in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way. He made that, uh... <laughs> cyborgs. He made that oh, yeah, submarine movie, the U-5... U-571. Which I never is saw, that the one I that, okay. Is that the one that changed history to say that America found the Enigma machine and then cracked the code? I think that might be the one. With, with Van- Bon Jovi in it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is yes. That is chutzpah. Let me tell you, we could hire actors with English accents. Eh, we'll just say America did it. Yeah, it's like the movie where like the French like dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki and end World War II. What's that know? movie? Uh, it's called uh, Enola Gay Paris, nice, I like it. and it stars Gerard Depardieu, Jean Reno, and. Um, Checky Cario. Boom. That's the third one. <laughs> We've got it made. All right. 
let's pitch this movie. But I mean, certainly he's made competent films in the past, and this th- is not one. Do you, yeah. do you think he just overcomplicated his direction to the actors, where he's like, okay, you're a human controlling a robot, so you should act like a robot body being controlled by a human. Which Maybe. obviously would make some people overthink their performance a little too much. Yeah. And they like start turning all jerky and make sound effects. <laughs> and what's weird is that Bruce Willis, who for most of the movie is not playing a robot, is the least human character, I think, in the entire film. Despite yeah. his goatee. Despite his goatee and bald head. Uh, I think he was cast for his uh, his minimalist acting style, perhaps. Maybe. Like, oh, at- who's the most robot-y uh, major actor in Hollywood we can get? <laughs> it's, he does see, at this point, it's like he's putting as little energy as possible into things as an experiment. Yeah, it's like a joke on, on someone. And he is like the it's I would like I want to see a movie with Nicolas Cage and Bruce Willis cuz they seem to be at opposite ends of the pole right now where Bruce Willis is just like literally a glacier and Nicolas Cage is, you know, if they, if there's any way he can make something crazier and and more extreme, he will do it. Yeah. And that movie would be called Crappy Movie. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be called Twins 2. <laughs> now that uh, now I'm imagining the movie we just watched, but with Nicolas Cage in the starring role. And I, you know what? More exciting. I actually yeah, would have fun. loved to have seen Nicolas Cage in a movie like this. Yeah. Where he can't... Also because, like, Bruce Willis is a character who decides that society as it is has gone crazy. But, like, he never really... He doesn't even come off as across as, like, an angry cop. Like, he just comes off as, like a sad, tired guy, when Nicolas Cage, at least, like, you could buy this was a guy that, you know... He was living on the edge. Exactly. <laughs> living on the edge of... Can't, you, can't, you can't help yourself from falling. The, um... <laughs> Thank I, you. I think you, you, you brought up the point... Dan that, is like, extra dialogue for Dan, contributed by Steven Tyler. <laughs> the, uh... You, you brought up the point that his character, re- like, realizes that society's kind of on the edge or whatever, but... And I think the movie spends way too much time trying to convince the viewer that this is, like, a severe issue. Yeah, this is an important thing. And we don't, like, why would we care? This doesn't matter at all. Like, this doesn't translate to our actual life. Well, I mean, I think that we are supposed to, to some degree, take this as, like, a metaphor for, like, our plugged-in... For what, like, Facebook? Internet. Well, exactly, but it's so extreme. Internet? It goes so far... (laughs) Were you calling out to your internet? You're giving an internet shout out. Yeah. This is a podcast. You're like, what? What internet? Internet. Okay. So you, you're the same way you would call out to say juggalos. <laughs> if I was a juggalo, yeah. <laughs> but this is such an extreme like version of that. Extreme that it, version of that. <laughs> like as we were saying, like no one's gonna give up on the idea of like. Can you just do that every time? Dan <laughs> every says every time Dan says the word extreme, yeah. <laughs> No one's gonna give up on you know actually having uh, like physical sex with. Well, I mean, some people might. But well, like, but even if not, ninety five percent of the. But even you know, if no one's gonna give up, like ninety five percent of people aren't gonna give up on going outside and seeing the sun occasionally. Taking yes. Taking well, shits. Well, they happens. still do that. They still do that. Eating delicious food. Well, they might they do still that, do that. I think too. I mean, we see him. What I don't understand like, is or something if, you're, if you're walking around in a robot body. <laughs> why are you? All right, I'm putting you, myself there. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. Why are you yeah, walking clank, around wearing clank, like nor- I'm a robot? <laughs> why are you wearing normal? Beep boop. Okay, guys, yeah. this is fucking serious shit. <laughs> Sorry. Why? Why would you wear normal human clothes? Like instead would, of like I would armor. Wear shit most of the, yeah, I'd wear like armor or like <laughs> like like a bunch of battle axes or just go nude. 
or go nude. You know, exactly. It's a it's a movie where people are putting a, along across the pretense of not being robots, even though everyone's a robot. Do you? And yeah, that's the thing. And do you think that the reason is because if they tried to have a surrogate that was a non-standard human body, that it might uh, break the, the user budget. Might have difficulty interfacing with that like mm. if they if they try to put like somebody's surrogate instead of was a human it was like a car <laughs> i think they would have difficulty affording that for this movie but that, but you make a good point because like in something like second life people want to choose or a lot of people choose like animal bodies you yeah, know well, or, yeah. or, or like crazy skins. things yeah whereas in this it's just like I guess I'll be a prettier looking person, you know. Mm-hmm. And at one point we see or that. Or a girl. Or a girl. Like, like I'll there be... should be like all these like fucking cosplay people walking around. Like there should be elves. Although on the, the other hand, in like. In a way they all were cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Although on the other hand, like the majority of people I think are not interested in looking like elves or monsters. <laughs> but you would still have in some In a world them. where like you, so... you can look like In anything. a world <laughs> in a where world you can look there. like anything. More people would look like elves. <laughs> I guarantee it. Surrogates <laughs> too. Um, Surrogates <laughs> too. People look like elves sometimes. <laughs> In this one, the elvening. Uh, well, but also like as long elf electric boogaloo. As long as we're, we're talking like on... we're talking like Tolkien elves, right? We're not talking about like Christmas. Elves. No, no, like Keebler elves. <laughs> I didn't know people were into that. Oh, oh, I'm oh, yeah. Them, like, they call like... it cookie play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Terrible Japanese animation yeah. elves. That's what I was. Oh of. well, like Pikachu's yeah. and stuff. People would look like Naruto's, Wait, basically, <laughs> right? Because like, I go to Comic Cons. When I go to faces. when I go to Comic Cons, there's a ton of Naruto's walking all around. The place, right? <laughs> and stormtroopers. It's all Naruto's and stormtroopers. Like, yeah. well, that's the other thing. I wish they could have licensed like fictional characters from other movies. Because if I could have a surrogate character, maybe I would have like Boba Fett. Like, I don't, I don't know. Go around as like. Mark Twain, or <laughs> I mean, then then you're just Hal Holbrook. That's yeah. You're, you're... You could walk around dressed like Mark Twain yeah, now if you wanted to. Stuart used to be walking around being like, "The reports of my death were greatly exaggerated." Beep boop. <laughs> Robo Twain, like a mint, mint julep. Yeah, yeah probably that was a signature drink, right? Uh, you would you would treat you would treat surrogates as an elaborate prank. <laughs> You got punked. I'm a surrogate. <laughs> I'm not really Mark Twain. <laughs> but like there's – I guess you can make the case it's a metaphor for like our – we're not interacting with life when we spend so much time online. Mm. But Like there's, online for the movies or – No, <laughs> online like computers. Well <laughs> – Sorry, a what? You know, like a, a sandwich. I'm like, not familiar with. It. It's, uh, it's like if uh, if I wanted to say sandwich, but I wanted to oh. say it really fast. I see sandwich. You can say that pretty quickly. Mm, it's not as cool. I sound more like I'm like a kid on the street. <laughs> you like, mean like an abandoned orphan? Yeah, 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 or like a newsie. Yeah, well, I mean, I might have a home. I'm still a newsie, though. I'm not abandoned. All right. What 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 parent lets their kid be a newsie if they have a home? Well, a parent don't, that encourages dancing don't, and singing. Don't, <laughs> don't don't kid yourself, Stuart. Hearst owns you. Oh man. Um, it just it, it seems like they they want to convince us that this is a really serious you know thing we need to think seriously about, but it's a goofy idea. If uh, yeah, as long, and also until as long, they listen to this podcast in thirty years when everyone's using surrogates, you know. 
you're saying, Dan? Well, this is a much smaller objection, but as long as we're like talking about like logical problems with this movie, of which there were many, like I still don't understand why the um, the the non-surrogate reservations, which were still inside the borders of the U.S., uh, were not bound by U.S. law. They yeah. could impede these FBI investigations with impunity. They had some kind of treaty between the reservations and the re- and the government. Yeah, but it implies that. The government ba- made it like, all right, everyone's surrogates now. So we're going to do this surrogate thing, and anyone who doesn't, you're going to have to live on in your reservation. Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, you know, we have a sense the- of, like, apology from, like, the, the surrogate world where they're like, oh, well, we sent an FBI agent in there in a surrogate body, and they destroyed it. Uh, well, we feel kind of bad because we kind of pushed them out of our world because we all have robot bodies, like... It was almost like they're apologizing for the fact that, they, that they're weirdos that want to walk around in robot bodies. Yeah, and they, I mean, they they did a very poor job of establishing these people as like a religious organization, which is the only way I could see that working. Like they follow a guy named the Prophet, but there's no uniformity of of uh, clothing or talk or action or there's no ritual aspect to any of it. Like it just seems like yeah, a bunch of slobs like, are hanging around, you yeah, know, like Native, in a dump. Native American <laughs> reservations, I mean like they have like their own like police enforcement. But, but I mean, also but the difference there's Native Americans have reservations that where they control it because they used to control well, exactly, the entire American continent. Like, these people these people are just people who opted out of being robots, but they were still US citizens. So yeah. They should not uh, ha- be able to like just throw up their own government. Anyway, like I let's let's go to let's go to one of these. Unless that was the meta- unless now. that was the metaphor yeah, they were going guys. for, in which case they should have had like flesh bag casinos and things like that. You know, duty free shops for yeah. meat bags. You know, this movie kind of reminded me of uh, or Legend? made me think of uh, Strange Days, which is yeah, not, it's not an amazing movie, but it's I better than it's this. A be- it's a better example, and one of the things that I think makes it better is that by an that Academy Award winning director, right? That movie also mm-hmm. has kind of like wacky, has kind of like a wacky technology in it, but they don't allow that to be the entire focus of the movie. It's kind of like an additional element. Well, it's to, like that. It's that's like a, a different a tool for making a murder mystery movie. Well, and know? they don't yeah. try and like make you buy that everyone in the society is is jacked in as they say in yeah. strange days like it's just it's it's a it's a drug that some people use but it's not the complete focus of this future world yeah there's no moment where he's like everybody needs to not jack in <laughs> yeah <laughs> and jack off <laughs> sorry <laughs> The low hanging fruit. The low hanging fruit was there. That was that was not low hanging fruit. That was rotting fruit on the ground (laughs) that you picked up and shoved in your mouth. Still tasted delicious. (laughs) You have a disease now. (laughs) Who knows how many worms were in that piece of fruit? Uh, Well, I mean, on that great note, I think that we need to move on. Grape note. Okay. Grape note. (laughs) What? What did you say? I don't know. (laughs) With those grape nuts, (laughs) need to move on to final judgments. Final um, judgments. So, guys, is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie that you kind of liked in some way? Elliot? Uh, it's hard to... I was thinking about this before we started recording that. It's like, it's not bad enough that it's a bad, bad movie, but it's not good enough to be a good, bad movie. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it was not... There were some interesting moments in it, maybe, and, like, I liked one of the stunt chase scenes. Mm-hmm. Um 
where Bruce Willis's robot is chasing somebody and just keeps getting the crap kicked out of it. Yeah. Uh, there's something because kind of like the one where he just drove into a bunch of robots. On the <laughs> that too, and the robots just collect on the windshield. Yeah. But like. Because this, this, the image of a robot that's missing an arm and it has a gun in the other one and is running after somebody is a gr- is always great. Yeah. But like, it's not. Otherwise, the movie is just kind of like not really terrible. It's just kind of the plot is logically incomplete. In, you know, is illogical and the is isn't very exciting and the climax is dumb and you know it's not. It's somewhere in the middle of those two poles. So yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna say a bad bad movie. I mean. I kind of I wanted it to be kind of goofier and sillier yeah. than it actually was, like more like pseudo robot crap, and or like a scene in I Robot where Chi McBride is shooting robots in slow motion with a shotgun <laughs> while smoking a cigar. Uh, this movie did as, not feature that, as I always imagined Chi McBride to be doing <laughs> in his uh, spare time. <laughs> so, if, I mean, there's a couple silly bits, but it's not. There's nothing terrible enough to make this like it's a, a mo- watchable movie. It's a movie about. A world where people use super attractive robots of themselves everywhere that has very little sense of humor. Yeah. When it's like they could have done more ridiculous things with the premise and had more fun with it. And, you know. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a bad, bad movie. Like, it, it skirts uh, good, bad um, in the area for me of uh, trying to be a movie of ideas. Like, I always think that's hilarious when a movie is not good, but it's trying to make these philosophical points. But every point that this movie makes is so inane yeah. that uh, that's kind of fun, but it's it's not enough to rescue it. The point of it is that uh, people shouldn't be robots. <laughs> yeah. So take that take that to heart, guys. Take that, robot or, people. Everyone out there. If there's anyone take that li- otakus in our audience. If there's anyone <laughs> listening right now who is a robot. Or thinking of be becoming a robot. a robot. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Don't get inside that mech. Uh, <laughs> well, de- being in a mech is different. Kind of. That's basically like piloting a ship of some kind, you know, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yep. So, so sounds of paper crinkling. Yeah, I'm unfurling. Ah, some sort of manifesto. No, no. It's the uh, Flophouse movie mailbag. Letters. We get letters. We get lots oh, and God. lots of letters. Paul Schaefer. Mailbag. <laughs> he won't. Because um, I've deafened him. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> like at the end of Event Horizon with knitting needles. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's blinding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, but it was the same kind. I made yeah, him basically. pull out his own eardrums. Yeah, <laughs> with his tiny fingers. So I've been actually saving uh, these letters for a while for Woo! all of us to be here together. So uh, you'll hear a reference to a date in here that is is a while back, and that's why you want July the seventh, eighteen sixty nine. The dog's alive, my dearest Flophouse. (laughs) The dog's alive. We've been waiting to deliver this letter for fifty years. All right, Joe Flaherty. Anyway, (laughs) this is from Eddie, last name withheld. It says, "Hey, just watched the Daily Show from May third. And when John asked uh, Jonathan Egg, 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 I think it is the question: Did Al Capone ever actually say "Eh, see"? I instantly pictured Elliot's face. Oh, that's very nice. Discuss. I don't know if there's much to discuss there. No. Well, obviously, I've had an effect on John. Yeah. Because uh, we talk about talking old timiness. Yeah, you know, it's a fun voice to do. Yeah. The hepatitis C joke. Yeah, exactly. Hepatitis C. (laughs) Sargasso C. (laughs) Vitamin C. Anything that ends in C, you know. A, B, C. 
that's what we do around the office at work a lot. So, oh man, that's like a, a window into your fascinating Hollywood life. Oh yeah, my <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood life. Hollywood being uh, what is it? Hell's West, Kitchen, West Fifty Second Street. Yes, Hell's Hollywood Kitchen. Hollywood or Hollyweird? Discuss <laughs> Hollywood if she if Holly could. Well, that yeah, was a Hollywood movie poster, could. right? <laughs> it was the Cool World cool. slogan, yeah. <laughs> that is also stuck in my mind for, <laughs> yes. for some reason. Yeah. Well, Long before a, I saw the film. It's pretty good. Well, because it was in, it was like, those ads were in comic books when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah, and it had it had uh, Hollywood's um, uh, underwear peeking out from under her little short skirt, and I, th- I feel like we were probably at the age. That I don't remember. Yeah, me neither. Um, guys, uh... It was just me who uh, had a fixation on a cartoon. Sure, um, like like Gabriel Byrne did in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I've never masturbated to the Laugh Olympics. We all have, you know, wacky racers for um, sure. Wait, that's hold on. That, well, there's it's it's intense, is what I'm saying. Is that the like uh, the stress levels are really high? <laughs> yeah, egos, egos are bumping up against each other. Adrenaline going. <laughs> so this email is titled F O L P in the USA. And, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, I haven't done my catchphrase in a long time. It's from Martin Biro, who says, "That's right. I'm not afraid to have my last name immortalized." Mm, uh, just like the company that makes the. Tr- oh no, it's Brio. Never mind. Yeah. Now, this is spelled Biro, like the uh, like the, the pens. Pen. Yeah. And it says, "Hi, floppers. After a couple of years of enjoying the podcast, I thought I'd write apropos of nothing in particular. Thanks for enlivening my subway trips with your witticisms. I also represent your devoted gay fan base." Did you know you had one? Nope. (laughs) Despite Dan's recent rabidly homophobic remarks about wanting to queer bash Taylor Lautner due to his slightly effeminate voice. When did that happen? I don't don't remember that. It's painting a picture. First he wants to take down the government. Now this. Get it together, Dan. (laughs) Was that in the extra after show edition? (laughs) (laughs) And you do want to tell... Oh, I'm glad the mention of your hook, your abandoned hook as a anti-government militia nut. I do not. (laughs) If I... If I was queer bashing Taylor Lautner, I, I apologize. I do. Not, I I remember making fun of him uh, for for. I didn't like his huge neck. I may have I may have said that great uh, neck. I may have said that he was uh, oddly effeminate to be like one third of a heterosexual were, love triangle. I think you were way um, more queer bashing than that. Yeah, you were pretty homophobic. Yeah. I don't. You I said, remember uh, being a little like we walked home that night. Yeah, we were. I think we held hands because we were scared. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we were frightened about what we had just found out <laughs> about you. In yeah. general. Uh, and because, of course, there's always an attraction between me and Stuart. Yeah. So. Sparks. Gay positive. We drink um, Sparks together. And we listen to Sparks, yeah. the German pop duo. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't remember what you said, Eaten but I'm sure monster of love. I'm sure it was something about like you know God or sin or you know. Sure. Yeah, that sounds like me. Or that my two dads with Paul Reiser. <laughs> yeah, an abomination. That's it. Come. He was, uh, but not for that reason. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was the boring dad, right? Yeah. Well, he was the straight laced one. Yeah. And then the guy that no one remembers was the rocker. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was an artist. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, it would have been a really hard sell to make Paul Reiser the. Well, I was just guy. waiting for the moment when he was going to sell his daughter to Waylon Utani. <laughs> All right. Well, this is, there's more to this uh, email. So that was a good aliens joke. Uh, <laughs> you just want to move it along. Was okay. But for reals, while I love Stewart's seductively dulcet tones and Elliot's impressive store of pop culture effuvia, right at ya. Dan, with his trademark mournful size and rampant homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new trademark. We found your new hook. Is my favorite flopper. Does this kind of pandering guarantee my letter gets read on the podcast? Yes. Yes. 
Um, I think r- writing a letter guarantees that it gets read on the podcast. I lo- this is now this is what we we're looking for an organic hook. It <laughs> yeah, came out of nowhere. Nice. Dan is now the homophobic member oh of the God. group. I do not want to be. Known you got to talk about like family values and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assumed I was going to get that just because I'm always talking about wieners and boobs and such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, he goes on to say, and here's the meat of the email. Anywho. I thought I'd share a story about my efforts to get the word out about the Flophouse. For months, I've been praising the show and trying to get friends and associates to listen. I was covering for the receptionist at work one day, and I wrote on a post-it, Listen to this, with the website address. (laughs) She initially expressed enthusiasm, and the post-it remained on her computer monitor, and remained, and remained for months and months. Now the glue on the post-it has worn off, and the sad little piece of neon yellow paper lies on her desk. The podcast still ignored, but she still hasn't thrown it away yet. Nor has she listened to the show, I think, but the uh, post-it is wearing her down. I think I deserve some kind of no prize for my efforts unless Marvel Comics will sue you for copyright infringement. Listen, Paul Schaefer is already suing us. We can afford another lawsuit. Um, I'm, you know, I, I think that this uh, secretary should be fired for not giving <laughs> a cleaner desk. Yes. She's allowed this Who to knows how much food is, is lying around there? Yeah. yeah I think... I think it's at the point where she no longer sees the writing on the note. It's just a thing that exists, you know, no longer recognizes it as a message. I mean, I think she probably has bigger issues. She's probably got some stuff going on at home, uh, some big, you know, problems maybe mm-hmm. with a surrogate. <laughs> she, she's dealing with uh, the surrogate mother of her child. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Surrogate pregnancy, yeah. I mean, if. If I know receptionist, and I think I do, she's probably so busy, like, back-sassing people and sure. making funny jokes on the phone and listening in on people's conversations. that mm-hmm. And painting her nails. Painting her nails, chewing gum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, she just doesn't have time to listen to the podcast. But Flipping, flipping through Red Book. <laughs> yep. I think, I, think that's, I think you're now moving into what people do at the beautician. <laughs> Reading the uh, latest issue of McCall's <laughs> and the Family Circle. Um... Yeah, I mean, this is our favorite moment uh, mode of uh, promotion, though, is leaving other a note people. <laughs> for people. <laughs> we call it, it says, listen to this. PAP, Passive Aggressive Promotion. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan sports that. Um, we, uh, I know we I'm got a lot more of... aggressive. I like to go up to just random people in the street and <laughs> shoot them. <laughs> and, hit, and hit them in the face. Well, yeah, with, with, a, with a ring that says Flophouse Podcast. So, so when they it. look in the mirror, yep. they'll see... It's, it's, it's backwards on my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, would that work? Yeah, probably. All right. Well, we've spent a little time on that, and so we should, uh, so we can get it in under the wire. We should talk about our recommendations of movies that we actually have seen recently and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Elliot, do you have one for us? I gotta go first on everything. I can right. go. I uh, I saw. Uh, I mean, uh, I have one, but I Yee can... Yee, is that how it's pronounced? Oh, the I want to see that. A one and a two. Um, I saw that on Memorial Day when I had. Three hours to sit down and watch a three-hour time. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, movie. a lot of people would have spent that time remembering those who lost their lives in the mm-hmm. service of their country. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we're watching a Band of Brothers marathon at least. I'm I mean, sorry. that's the way most people do that yeah. now. Anyway, you were saying? Uh, well, I was going to maybe you know watch it in three installments because I'm lazy and I can't commit time. To, but uh, I, I I liked it enough to watch all of it mm. uh, in that in that morning. Good story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not a lot to say about the movie because it's a, it's a really like a slice of life drama about a family over uh, like two or three months. 
Um, but I've heard it's very good. But it's very good. It's uh, it's very enjoyable. And also a bonus recommendation: I watched uh, Mystery Team, which uh, uh, the, has the, the Derek movie. Yeah, has the distinction of having former Flophouse uh, guest co-host Will Hines in it. In a uh, I was Will in it. Yeah, he's got a reasonably large uh, scene at the beginning. Oh, I didn't realize that. And he's very funny in it. And the movie in general is 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 pretty funny. It's it's one of these um, independent comedies where the screenplay is much uh, sharper and smarter and more interesting than a mainstream comedy would be, but the direction is much more slack. So it, it has the problem of seeming like a little a little slower and longer than it should be, but it's still worth watching. Hmm. Anyone else? Um, hey, uh, have I recommended Runaway yet? The, the Tom Selleck movie? Yeah. No, you haven't okay. recommended Runaway. Well, watching Surrogates reminded me that, uh, you know, how much I love science fiction. And when I think of science fiction, I think of Runaway starring Tom Selleck, uh, where he is like a future cop and he has a robot housekeeper. <laughs> and the super criminal, played by Gene Simmons of the rock and roll band Kiss. Not the recently deceased actress Gene Simmons. No, not her. Uh, it was the or not actor. Gene Seberg. Either no, it was the the actor. Not, not Professor Seaborg, discoverer of Seaborgium. Not no. Professor Zoidberg from no. the show Futurama. <laughs> not think... the Noid who ruins pizzas. <laughs> uh, it, it could have been the Noid. He does wear a mask. <laughs> okay, yeah. Does uh, the mask have ears? Uh, well, I mean, the Noid's mask has ears. <laughs> I mean, but I, I think that that's part of the mask. I don't think you should wa- you should not watch that movie then because you're supposed to avoid the Noid. He <laughs> uh, ruins pizzas. <laughs> I can't, I can't say one way or the other, but uh, it's pretty awesome. There's a bunch of little crappy robot uh, robot spiders <laughs> that kill people, and uh, the bad guy invents bullets that can go around corners to shoot you because it has your like name or DNA or some shit on it. And there's uh, it's probably one of the only times where you'll find Christy Al- or Kirsty Alley sexy. Mm. So a little movie called For Richer or Poorer. Oh, what? No <laughs> mistake. You know, the one with Tim Allen where they were in the witness protection program. I do not know. So, and they became Amish. So run away. I think you're thinking Go of, did you hear about the Mor- Morgans? Okay. No, no. If, if you're looking for something. <laughs> did you hear about the Mormons is what I almost said, which is a uh, muckraking documentary. Now, if you're not in the mood for a runaway, I would. Uh, I just watched The Pope of Greenwich Village. I would totally recommend that, too, with Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts, uh, if only for Eric Roberts' amazing, uh, like, uh like New York accent. Uh, in the uh, tradition of recommending movies, I will now recommend the movie I wanted to recommend. <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw for the first time the movie Die, Die, My Darling, which I think is also known by the title Fanatic, uh, which is, in my opinion now, the best of the old actress, old classic Hollywood actresses who play a crazy person. Uh, with when they're old, sweet Charlotte and whatever and exactly and whatever happened to Baby Jane and some of the movies Betty Davis made after that I guess like in the in that vein this is the one with uh, Tallulah Bankhead I believe it is and she is a, her son uh, has passed away and her son's fiance is coming to kind of give her condolences and meet her for the first time and it turns out that she is that Tallulah Bankhead is a complete religious fanatic who will save her fiance's 
uh, her son's fiance's soul, even if it means killing this woman. And it all takes place on her, or almost all takes place on her estate, where she basically imprisons the woman, and she has her like groundskeepers and housekeeper who are in on this thing. And it veers between being kind of farcical at times to being very creepy and violent and scary. Uh, and it's uh, a Hammer film, I think, when they were moving away from supernatural things for a little bit, mm. more towards psychological horror. But it was really good. And uh, there's a uh, Misfits it, song with the same title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Metallica covered it. Hmm. Well, I'd say the movie is even better than the song. Wait, which one? Uh, either one. Okay. Wow. So... Robots, robots in disguise. Yeah, I guess <laughs> actually were, right? not at all. No, <laughs> everyone knew they were robots. Okay, they just assumed that they were robots. Yeah, humans in disguise as robots. As robots. Yeah. Um, that, less that than meets the really. eye. Yeah, that was the movie we watched to sum up. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I never know how to boring. finish these things. Well, I mean, I my recommendation. I apologize. Was not. I should have gone first. It was not. Uh, as energetic kind as I was of a hoping. Downer. Yeah. I don't know if it was a downer. Um, a little down. I didn't recommend I'd recommend like cries and whispers yeah. or something like sort that. Sort of makes me want to just, you know, give up on life and, you know, just let proceed my ro- into a robot. <laughs> just let your ha- your robot handle it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to robot's going to take care of things. I'm going to throw this the robot's going to recommend movies from now on. <laughs> yeah. Beep boop. I have a movie to recommend. Robots. You can't recommend robots every podcast, Dan Bot. Why not? Or, uh, <laughs> it has a tour de force robot performance from Ro- Robot Williams. <laughs> also, okay, I'll recommend Bicentennial Man, also starring Robot Williams. Not Jack. Jack doesn't have a robot in it. No, he was like, uh, like a robot. No, he's, he's a, an aging robot. He's a he's a human child with a with a an accelerated aging disease that does not exist. Are we talking about the same movie? I thought that's the one where Robin Williams is a robot. No, that's by Centennial Man. Are you sure it's not and Jack? Mrs. Doubtfire? You're thinking of what dreams may robot <laughs> or a robot on the Hudson. I'm gonna have to check this out. All right. Well, while we talk about more Robot Williams films. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna sign off. <laughs> and again, and there's also Robot Dreyfus and uh, right. Crip and Droids Tribe. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I've been Dan McCoy. I'm um, Stuart Wellington. I uh, am still Elliot Kalen. I'm surprised you didn't robot that one up. <laughs> I was thinking Elliot about it. Robot I am Eldroid. All I remember from his is that he sure he was grinding on a girl, but they weren't wilding. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's important that you make that kind of clarification in your relationship, uh, and I mean that's it's. I think every relationship has a different line there. That line yeah has a different definition of the line between wild and grinding. Yeah, and also and what constitutes the need to smell someone's dick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I smelled Dan's that one time. Okay. And I don't need to know about it was that. For, it was a dare. It was for dare drug free America. Yeah, I had to, I had to smell his dick so kids wouldn't do drugs. <laughs>